You are listening to Help for HD Live, the first podcast created for families living with Huntington's and juvenile Huntington's disease. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also search over 500 archived episodes and other projects at helpforhd.org. To watch us in person, find Help for HD TV on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell for notifications on new content. Help for HD Live is going on air in five, four, three, two. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This program is made possible because of Teva Pharmaceuticals, Neurocrim Biosciences, and the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today we have uh, Miss Charlotte Kahn on with us. Uh, who is a major patient advocate, um, person who is gene positive and a young caregiver. And um, so she has come on today to share her story. So thank you so much for joining me today, Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me, Laura. So let's start with you sharing a little bit about uh, yourself and your background and how HD affects you. Of course, yep. So um, I'm 26 years old. I'm from the UK, um, the north of the UK, so near a place called Newcastle. And um, I work for the National Health Service in the UK. So I work in HR, um, but support a lot of our doctors and nurses and subsequently actually my mum's care team as well. So um, yeah, that's kind of worked out very strangely, but um, the stars have aligned in that respect, I suppose. Um, So HD impacts me. I've never really known a life without HD if I'm honest I like I don't recall a time where HD hasn't affected me but first found out or was like verbally told about HD when I was about 11 years old so um when I was a toddler um my great nana was in a nursing home she was misdiagnosed with Parkinson's and um severe dementia and then when she passed away they did a post-mortem on her body and they subsequently found the HD gene so that was in 2002 and then we're a really small family. So my mum's an only child, um, my nan, a widow. And she, like my nan only has one sister. My mum, obviously, no siblings. So they both got tested and found out they were gene positive. Um, and then I suppose the journey started at that point from like I was knowing about HD. Um, my nan passed away 2021 20, after a, a very long battle with HD. So she was symptomatic for over 20 years. Um, and my mum is in the middle stages. Um, so, yeah, just, I suppose, care for mum at the moment. So she's still somewhat independent. But obviously, when my nan passed, my nan, you know, was cared for in a nursing home for over 10 years. So I've experienced, like, the end of life with HD and also obviously experiencing those um, middle stages right from the start up to now. So, yeah, I suppose HD impacts a lot of areas of my life in that respect and then March last year 2023 um, I found out I was gene positive which was um, not a shock to be honest I think I expected it which I don't know if yeah I don't know if that's just you expect for totally yeah I totally was prepared for for a positive result yeah yeah definitely um, so I think I, I took it as well as I think you probably could. Um, but yeah, I've just trying to been working through it and, you know, trying to 
advance my advocacy as much as possible while I kind of have the time because I'm aware when you know when my nan was really unwell didn't have any time to do anything you know visited her most days in the nursing home um, and my life revolved around that care role so um, yeah just trying to be as loud as I can while I have the time before mum gets to that point um, and I suppose prepared well I, I know no I don't think you can ever be prepared really um, but yeah just trying to be as positive as possible yeah yeah I agree with that um is your mom loud too like is she very active still yeah so um I think since I've become more well I suppose since I've become more active in the community I think it's really encouraged my mum to speak about her condition so my nan um when my nan was alive she never actually spoke the word Huntington's disease like with me I don't know if it's a generational thing but um you know that's not something we spoke about you know she knew I she knew I knew she was unwell um but we know we never spoke about how HD impacts her life but I'm really lucky in that my mum and dad um are quite vocal about being open and honest about HD and I think that's really helped my relationship with it you know they were really open about it when I was a teenager and you know I think very open about the risk which I think some parents are probably reluctant to to do that but I really think it's helped me build like a really positive mindset around it um but yeah she's you know over the past few years started telling people that she has HD um you know shares everything that I do online um you know she's reached out to charities and accessed help in that respect and you know if people make ignorant comments in public or she needs help from people in public or you know if somebody asks her a question she'll openly talk about HD which is really nice because obviously having my nan who didn't do that it's nice to feel comfortable in sharing with her and we can really have open and honest conversations about the future and you know we've started talking about what she might want when she gets to that end of life stage which it's really nice for her to make those decisions herself because my nan wasn't able to do that. Um, you know, she, my nan had a peg fit and things like that, but to be able to have those conversations with mum is really nice. Um, in a way, I know I don't know if nice is the right word, but it's nice that she has a choice. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I think that was one of the things for me that, um, you know, that really helped was that it, me and my dad were very close. Um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, very open about HD. And so we would sit down and talk and I'd ask him what it felt like to have symptoms and, you know, how he would feel and why he would, you know, react a certain way or um, whatever. And he would talk to me about it. And then when it came to those conversations, yeah, I mean, that was huge to be able to say like, you get a choice, you know, and I want to know what your choice is. So we make sure that it happens every way that you want it to. Um, Yeah. Truly just um, gave back some dignity for one, but it just created that connection, um, that I don't think we would have had otherwise. So, um, yeah. I'm so glad that you have that with your mom. Yeah, definitely. And I think it, it definitely opens up doors. Like, like you say, it builds a connection. I think that not like not many people understand. Um, I think someone commented on one of my TikTok videos the other week, um, and like the relationship that I had with my nan was so like indescribable because like she was nonverbal for such a long time. And someone commented and on my video and said, um, you, you, nobody will ever understand what it's like to have such a deep connection with somebody who can't communicate, but you like build this way of like communicating with them. And like, it, it's so right. HD, like it forges a, a family connection that you, 
I mean, I know it's not the case with some people, so I'm really, I'm really conscious of that, and I, I feel for people who don't have that. But yeah, it forges that real, real closeness that you know you can talk about things that often families don't talk about. You know, like right in terms of I know in some countries it's legal to choose about you know how you pass away or whether you pass away and being able to talk about those really difficult things so freely and openly um it's really powerful and that's I think empowering mum to be able to do that I think has given her quite a bit of confidence in in moving forward with her conditions so um I'm just really glad that we we have that and yeah really grateful yeah yeah good for her I'm glad that she's you know, vocal about it, um, and, and everything. Um, so when it came to you testing, so you tested last year, um, Mm -hmm. what made you finally decide to test? Um, so it took me a long time to get there. So when I was 18, um, I, in the UK, you ask for referral from your general practitioner. So that's like your local doctors and they refer you to like the genetics specialists, um, and it's from the age of 18. I don't know whether it's the same in the US, but I said, oh, yeah, I was 18. I, I'm, I'm 18. I want to be tested. Um, and they said, OK, right, we'll refer you. And, and a lot of the doctors, they don't really have an understanding of it. So they're like, OK, yeah, we'll do whatever you want us to do. And then when I was referred to the genetic counsellor, um, she was the same counsellor that actually told my mum and my nan that they both had the gene. So um, she had like that family knowledge and we had a really good relationship with her already because she'd seen us as children. Um, and she said, Charlotte, look, I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't think you're ready. Um, but she obviously she advocated for me making that decision myself if I wanted to. But I realised at that point I wasn't ready. But, you know, to stay, to make sure that I didn't have to get re-referred, I spoke to her every year. Um, so I saw her every year for seven years. <laughs> um, sometimes twice a year, sometimes once a year. Um, and like every year we talk about different things. And, you know, when my nan neared the end of her life, I said, I like physically can't, don't think I can cope with finding out now. Um, you know, I it, it, I was literally hanging on by a thread in like everything in life and just trying to get by, I suppose, um, with making sure that she was all right and also making sure I was all right to, to be there for her. Because I think my mum sometimes struggled with the, the caring role for my nan. And now that I'm gene positive, I kind of understand that a little bit more. Um, because it is really hard to look your future in the face isn't it um yeah so I was a re- I, yeah once she'd passed so she passed in 2021 um I'd said to my genetic counsellor in 2022 right this is like I want to find out and then I kind of just woke up one day and I actually made like a video diary um HDO posted on their YouTube so I like recorded myself from the day that I like woke up and realized up until like a few days after I tested um and yeah it was just like a bit it was I don't know I don't want to like be overly positive about it because I know like it's such a daunting horrible experience at the same time but after being so unsure for so long I woke up and I was like oh my goodness like I know and like a lot of people message me and they're like oh how did you know and I'm like I can't I can't tell you why but I just knew um and I, I was really unsure before that um so yeah I just I think I decided I was going to test December 2022 and then book my appointment for the January but I was actually climbing Kilimanjaro (laughs) so I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro for HD awareness and rare disease awareness um so had the test result and then 
so I had I think I had the test was the test on like the Thursday and then on the Monday flew to Tanzania um climbed Kilimanjaro like obviously knowing that I'd had a saliva swab um shared with the group that that's what I'd done like met people that I'd never met before and then waited so I had to wait six weeks because of the way that the appointments worked out and then first of March got my results um and yeah it's just a bit strange my genetic counselor said to me you know Charlotte I've heard of people distracting themselves in waiting for their results but nobody's ever climbed Kilimanjaro <laughs> so yeah no I'm surprised that you made it six weeks I yeah. don't know that I would have been able to wait six weeks yeah like, I just wouldn't have been able to um because three weeks was killer you know so yeah man but I mean that's a good way to distract yourself just climb a mountain it's all good yeah yeah exactly <laughs> I think it was good in a way I think it was it was a, a really positive um distraction and it kind of like when I got to the t- I got emotional at one point and um I was like with a group I didn't know I did like it with like an adventure team and and I like stood on the mountain and I like just like burst into tears and I just remember like and I had to put myself away from the group and I just remember thinking like this feels like so poignant that like, I've stood on the side of this mountain like conquering some do you know I, I don't know it just felt really like yes. right I mean I was you can conquer myself, that mountain and you can yeah. conquer the HD mountain yeah, yeah. definitely no yeah it was, it was good. I know when I tested um and you know I I tested positive and for me I think just knowing was a sense of relief just mm. because it was no longer a guessing game, right? Like, okay, now I know what I'm facing. And from here, I can kind of figure out what I want to do versus just being in limbo. Did it feel like that for you? Or was it really, um, I know people tend to have like roller coaster of emotions. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it, it definitely was. And I think, um, like you say, it's definitely a roller coaster. You know, some days my fiance would say, like, you know, have you made the right decision? If I'd been really like upset or down, or um, and I'd say, well, you know, I can't go back on it now. And I knew I had made the right decision, but yeah, no, it, it definitely was a sense of relief. And I think ninety-five percent of me always knew that I was positive, but like the five five percent of me like just hoped I was wrong. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely it's given me, I think, a sense of I don't want to say. I don't know if peace is the right word, but it's helped me kind of move forward from that, like close that chapter of my life and move into the next one. Um, yeah. I, Since it, I, I think my word would be acceptance, right? Like um, part of, I think a big part of HD that we don't talk about is this anticipatory grief. And yeah, um, when you, when you finally test and you test positive, you have the ability to grieve and um where when you're when you're at risk you don't it's just this constant limbo and um and so I would say it's just getting to a point of acceptance of this is what my future holds and now where do I go from here um so I think that was a really good word um to kind of to focus on it but um you are doing amazing things uh you know, you're, you're 26, you've climbed Kilimanjaro, which is amazing. Um, but you also are very outspoken and, and, um, you know, speaking to others about HD, you're an HDO ambassador and, uh, you recently, um, 
took on a new role with EHDN. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, I was approached about um, a position at the EHDN late last year. So they're like a body that overlook a lot of the operations in Europe. So um, they like work with a lot of the pharma companies, um, work with a lot of researchers and doctors. Um, and yeah, they approached me and just, well, not they didn't, but um, one of the charities I work with approached me and said, you know, there's this role coming up, would you be interested? Um, and I, ha I went through a interview process and yeah, they selected me. So basically I'm the first young um, person on the committee. So it's made up of professors, um, doctors, and, you know, also people impacted by HD, but I'm the first young person on the committee. So it's really good that I think that they want a young person's point of view and really exciting because I think they're really keen to listen to like what the young HD community want. And, you know, I think it's definitely changed since, I don't know, since definitely my mum was diagnosed and my nan was diagnosed. So having that younger perspective, I think can only be a positive thing. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'll go to different places in Europe to have meetings over the next two years, my appointments for two years. Um, and yeah, just really excited to kind of be a voice for, for the youth on, on that committee. Yeah. Yeah. That's a congratulations for that. I mean, that's very exciting. Um, one you. setting that precedent, right. And also just the fact that now you're giving a, a voice to HD in not a professional manner, um, which mm -hmm. EHDN, that's what it is. It's like you said, it's professors, it's, it's professionals. Um, and, and so now they're diversifying that and really getting that other voice. And that's amazing. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's a, definitely a step in the right direction. So it's really, really, really positive. So are there any other big things that you're working on? I know that you are really big on social media and uh, have mm -hmm. a TikTok and Instagram, uh, the HD Hun, is that right? Yeah, so um, it was inspired by a lady called um, Deborah, I'm not sure what her name was, but there's a lady in the UK who had bowel cancer and she was the bowel babe on Instagram and she passed away, but she was like knighted and, um, you know, raised like millions of pounds for bowel cancer. So when I saw her page, I was like, oh, I could do something with that. And in the UK, we use the word hun as a bit of a joke or like honey, like a bit like, I don't know, it's like a pet name almost. Okay. So it's just a bit of a lighthearted um, thing. But yeah, I try to be... Um, as active as I can on social media and it's quite a new thing for me to be honest um maybe the past year or two and especially a lot more since I tested positive um it's a really nice outlet I think and to be able to connect with the community and connect with people in your position or people who are earlier on in their HD journey or have only just found out or maybe in families where they can't speak about HD it's really nice to provide that peer support um and yeah I think posted my first TikTok actually when I was I took some time off work um when I found out my result just to kind of give myself the headspace to to cope with things and process things and um, was just sat in my living room and like recorded my story on the and, and just like posted it didn't think anything of it and then like my friend texted me like oh my goodness what has happened on your TikTok and I hadn't even been on it and I was like what are you talking about she was like it's got like thousands of views and I was like what <laughs> um so it went viral and um yeah, and I got quite a lot of my like followers on Instagram from there as well. So, yeah, um, I suppose everything happens for a reason. It does. Um, but, it does. Yeah. yeah. In terms of projects coming up, um, obviously the I'll have quite a few meetings with the EHDN coming up. Um, 
I'm on a project board for the um, UK Association. So um, I'm going down to London, which is about five hours from me in a few weeks time to meet with um, the youth project um, team to kind of shape what support in the UK looks like. Um, I think I'm one of the oldest on the team. So it's really nice to connect with kind of teenagers impacted by HD. Um, and, you know, I kind of just always put myself in their shoes um, when I was younger. And yeah, quite a few different things coming up in terms of um, speaking with different companies and stuff. So people from the HD community have approached me and said, you know, my company's doing this. Um, you know, would you mind sharing your story as part of rare disease awareness? So yeah, a few um, talks coming up, which is really exciting. Awesome. Um, are you planning on on posting those on your social media, having like recording them and posting them? Yeah, hopefully. Um, I did a talk with the HDA AGM and that was recorded for YouTube. I'm not very techy. I need to get I need to get better at things. I'm like working on it too. So. <laughs> <laughs> I need definitely need to get better. Um, but no, definitely, if I can, I definitely will. So. I try and focus a lot of my talks on like stories. So um, I know sometimes, I mean, I was diagnosed with ADHD as well last January. So sometimes struggle to listen things for long, long periods of time. So when I was sat and asked to talk for half an hour, I was like, how can I make this in, like interesting if it's, you know, people are going to listen for a long period. Um, so like I wrote my story in a, like in third person, almost like a storybook or a fairy tale. Um, and like HD in the story is called the hidden destroyer. So like the HD is the enemy in the story. Um, and my nan is like the fairy grandmother. Um, so yeah, <laughs> just awesome. try and make it put a bit of a twist on things. Yeah, that's really great. Well, I, I want to thank you, Charlotte, for, for coming on and um, sharing your story. Um, for those listening, if you want to follow Charlotte, I will have her um, social media accounts posted on the show page and on our uh, Facebook and Twitter so that you are able to um, access um, her social media easily. Um, but thank you again, Charlotte, for sharing. And um, I wish you luck with everything that you are doing. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Absolutely. Um, again, guys, thanks for listening. Um, if you would like to come on the podcast, please make sure to email me at lauren at helpforhd.org. Listen every Thursday for a new show. Uh, I am always looking for people for our HD Uncut series, which is our Uncut Uncensored uh, series for the HD community. You come on, it's strictly you know, anybody in the community themselves dealing with HD. And then we also have our HD Young Investigator series for our professionals in the community um, who would like to come on and speak about new research that um, is currently ongoing. So uh, please feel free to email me or contact me via social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I do have a personal TikTok uh, and you can find me on the Help for HD International TikTok um, as well. And uh, until next time, guys, take care and love you. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit www.helpforhd.org and sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on all that is going on at Help for HD. Get social with us and like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to Help for HD TV on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications.